for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to the program. Better than your local hospital because we actually talk to doctors who advocate for your health. They don't tell you to go and do things that will uh, possibly end in your imminent demise. That They do the, quite the opposite. And two of those I'll be talking to. One is an actual doctor. The other is uh, linked with the Australian Medical Network, uh, a former doctor, I do believe. But certainly Dr. David Richards, the current doctor, we're talking to him about uh, this, uh, a bunch of things, including the mRNA vaccine uh, that they're proposing is going to prevent cancer. I'm not so keen on that, and you may not be either, but we'll find out what Dr. David Richards has to say about that. And also, we'll be talking to Diana Bragamirovic a little bit later as well. Why do I always do a George Donikian when I say her surname? But it make, makes it easier to say. I do. And imminently, of course, we'll be talking with a wonderful Gemma Cooper. Now, smart speakers. I've got one staring at me, literally looking at me with an eight-inch screen. If I say, okay, you know what, it'll start talking to me. I wake up in the morning. It recognises me. It says good morning. The camera turns on. God knows where that goes to. And uh, as a result, you probably want to make sure you wear pyjamas when you go to bed because these things are everywhere. I've got seven of them in the house and I use them to help me. I tell it to turn the lights on. I tell it to open the garage door. It tells me if there's somebody at the front door using the ring doorbell. Yes, they are good if you use them for good. But if you use them for evil, if they are infiltrated by people or governments that you don't trust, they're probably not so good, and you will have put them in your own home. For those of you saying, hey, I'd never get one of those, I don't want to be spied on, well, if you've got one of these, you have one of these, a mobile phone, they're already doing it. So so don't worry about that. You'll need to do what the bikies do when they have, uh, when they have a meeting. I used to do IT work for a, a guy who was a good mate of mine who became a bikey became a bike. You don't ask me how that happened. I'd be doing IT work there. All the boys from the, you'd know the name of the club, that would wander in and uh, they'd all put their phones, turn them off and leave them in a basket outside the room when they'd go in for a chat. That's what they do. They don't trust the phones. And even back in the days when you could take the battery out, they were of the opinion that they could still listen in or knew where you were. But these smart speakers, they're going to take them one step further and a little bit invasive. I don't think it's something that you can opt out of. What they want to do with your Google or your um, your Apple smart speaker, Amazon has a, a pretty decent one called the Alexa as well. And again, they do terrific work if you use them for good. But also, they're looking at having these companies listen for certain things. If they were to hear, let's say, a woman screaming in your house or a gunshot, they could actually start looking at what's going on, alert certain authorities and uh, that raises concerns of privacy, also of the threat of very um, incriminating evidence, which I guess where it does happen is a good thing, but you still have to weigh up the invasion of privacy and other things such as false, um, false alarms. You could be watching a movie where people are getting shot and screaming. How could that possibly discern from the real thing, seeing that so many people have such terrific high-frequency range speakers it's sometimes hard to tell what's real and what's not or where the sound is coming from when you have surround sound. So these speakers could easily be fooled into presenting false alarms. But how do you feel about the government just spying in, listening on your domestic situation 
they're doing it. There's a story in the ABC about it today, and I would employ you to have a look and give me your thoughts. Get on the online chat, tell me what you think, and whether you have one of these smart devices in your home or not. But I would absolutely suggest if they can do it with the smart speaker, the advantage being that most of them, a lot of them have cameras, those cameras uh, in the corner of a room or have a very wide angle and will see most of what's going on in the room. Your phone could do exactly that, exactly that. The difference being your phone is probably laying on its back and staring at the roof, unless you've got one of those wireless chargers where it sits upright. Not many people's phones, when they are out of use, are upright and pointing at anything that would be considered useful in that particular situation. But I'd really love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I'm not that keen on it, but when you look at the statistics, and that was it here in Australia, and I couldn't believe it, 59 women, 59 women were killed in domestic violence last year and we don't hear about it. We don't hear about it often um, enough. And when I say often enough, we don't want to hear about it happening, but we do want to hear about it when it has happened. And I certainly don't remember uh, hearing about it on a weekly basis. And if it is happening at 59 uh, per year, obviously we'd be hearing it at a rate of just over one per week. So very, very frightening what's going on. But uh, the invasion of privacy that's something that I would absolutely put on you. Your comments and your emails. You can send me an email too, by the way, dean at tntradio.live. And of course, for those of you who are listening, who are not watching, then you can do so on your on your tablet. You can do so on your phone. You can also do it on your smart TV. Get an Apple TV. If your TV isn't so smart, it doesn't have a camera. It won't spy on you. Although it does have a microphone on the remote, but I think you'll be okay. Now, if you've missed your favourite TNT radio show or interview, then you can simply listen back and watch now whenever you want. You can visit the episodes page on the TNT radio website. We're on all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart and TuneIn. So there's absolutely no reason to miss out on anything happening here at TNT radio. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I'm sad if my friends are sick and my friend is sick. She's crook. She's crook. And I'm, I'm sending you some virtual chicken soup just so you can feel better, Gemma. I think chicken soup always makes me feel better when, when I'm a, a bit crook. Uh, probably don't take the mRNA vaccine. That never really works out too well. Ivermectin's wonderful. Yeah, I, I had the, I'll admit to everyone, I'll say it to the camera, and I don't care um, who doesn't like it, because they stopped us from getting ivermectin when they were trying to poison the bulk of the world. Um, many people resorted to the horse paste. You know, the we had to weigh it out if you weighed 100 kilos. You had to give it one click and down it. Well, when I found out that I had um, that I had uh, COVID, which of course meant I had the flu. That's all it had. I wasn't going to stick one of those uh, rat tests up my nose. I wasn't going to do a PCR test, but apparently I had it. Who knows? The doctor reckons I did. I don't think I did. Um, worst hour and a half of my life. Dreadful. But I took the horse paste and it had ivermectin in it. And you know, if I start talking like Mr. Ed or start looking like Jacinda Ardern, maybe it didn't pan out too well. Having said that, I got over COVID in an hour and a half. Gemma, I hope you get over this flu in less time than that. I think it's my body doing what bodies do. It's, it's trying to balance itself after a couple of weeks of overindulgence and eating 
<clears throat> excuse me, lots of Christmas treats, um, you know, staying up a little bit late, watching Christmas movies, doing all sorts, <laughs> going out. It's just, you know, my body's saying enough's enough, Coops. You're not as young as you were. And it's as simple as that. I, I think we'll, I think I'm doing okay. I think we can muddle through. I must say that my favorite thing when I'm crook, crook, as you guys say, is a toast and well, you call it Vegemite, don't you? Or we call it Marmite. But toast and Vegemite, Marmite, that's my go-to comfort food. Reminds me of my childhood. That and a cup of tea. I'll be all right. I'll be okay. Hey, Gemma, have, have you ever seen the Yanks when they come over here and they react to Vegemite or Marmite? But they never put it on toast. They never spread it on thin enough. They get a big blob of it and they lick it off a spoon and they say how horrific it tastes. But, of course, if you get a little bit of it <laughs> on a bit of toast with some, you know, some butter, it tastes absolutely fabulous and they're just not doing it right. Everything in, in moderation. And I've got to ask, you know I always hijack you. Um, you said you stay up late and you've been watching Christmas movies, something I love to do with my son. We, we make a point of it every year. Something, even though he's 15 now, we like to watch those Rankin Bass, you know, those stop-motion animated cartoons that came out uh, well, they're not really cartoons, they're stop-motion animation. Uh, they came out in the 60s, like Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We just do it religiously every year. And um, I have to ask, what were your two favourite Christmas movies that you stayed up to watch? Oh, well, I'm a really big fan of uh, A Christmas Carol, you know, Charles Dickens. And there's there's various different versions. The Albert Finney version is really good. The Patrick Stewart version is really, really good. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my go-to Christmas feel-good movie. Also, I really like It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, there are so many, but I there are some... There's, I've got, I don't know why we're talking about this. It's TNT, you know, today's news talk. I'm supposed to be bringing you breaking news. But I have to say there's a channel here in the UK just on Freeview. I don't have a smart TV and I never will. I don't have a smart anything except the dreaded phone. So my TV is quite basic. So I just get the kind of normal channels. I don't pay for anything. But there's a great Christmas movie channel. And all it does is play these unheard of, you know, straight to video Christmas movies that normally come out of America. And they're so cheesy. They've got no big stars in, but they're all just, they're lush. And I could binge on that like for days because it's just, <laughs> it's just complete escapism. Utter trash, utter trash. A woman of my caliber, but that's my, that's what I've been doing. And now I'm not very well. My body's had enough. <laughs> you say utter trash. I think of the mainstream media and the news that they put out there. Let's get to some actual news. What's breaking across the world right now? Well, it's interesting the last few years is a lot of our commentators, freedom commentators have, have said in the West, if you want to look where we're heading, you know, you need to look to China. Um, and I think, you know, that the lessons have been learned. You remember those pictures of, you know, people falling down dead in the street in Wuhan back in 2020, yeah. trying to put the fear of God into everybody. Um, but a trial has started in Hong Kong. And I think, you know, as uh, proponents of free speech here on TNT, we need to keep a very close eye on this trial. It's expected to last 80 days. It's a businessman, a, a guy called Jimmy Lay. He's a media tycoon. He used to own a newspaper called the Apple Daily. And he was one of the many, many people who stood up and, and protested in 2019 against the clamping down uh, of rights and freedoms in Hong Kong by Beijing. Now, of course, Hong Kong was handed back to China by the British in 1997. Yeah. And Beijing then said, look, we know that Hong Kong's very westernized. We'll let you carry on being independent for around 50 years and then we'll have a conversation. But of course, that hasn't happened. Beijing and China have been clamping down on Hong Kong ever since. Uh, and in 2019, they wanted to extradite a few people. They started clamping down on free speech. And understandably, the people in Hong Kong said, well, hang on a minute. And there was a huge protest, wasn't there, 2019. Uh, Mr. Lai, Lai, Jimmy Lai, was arrested 
under the National Security Act, which was brought in in 2020 by Beijing and the Chinese government uh, and, and arrested on charges that he was colluding with foreign forces. He was a traitor and he wants to undermine Chinese national security. Him and 250 others were arrested. He's been in solitary confinement ever since then. His trial has started today. He's also facing sedition charges based on his tweets, his interviews that he hosted when he was a media tycoon and articles that were published in the Apple Daily when he owned it. Um, it, it it's since been seized by the Chinese authorities. Its assets have been held, two, two and a half million dollars worth of assets, and several of his senior editors were also arrested under free speech charges. The trials got off to a really, really bad start. His legal team, who are based in the UK because he is now a UK citizen, say he's not getting a fair hearing. He's been denied his choice of legal representation. He can't pick the lawyers he wants. His, uh, his legal representation has been picked by Hong Kong's leader, and he's being tried by three senior judges handpicked by Hong Kong, not by his own team. Um, David Cameron's got involved in this because he is a UK citizen. His son's been lobbying the British government saying, you've got to help my dad, he's a British citizen. And David Cameron says that Mr. Lay has been targeted in a clear attempt to stop his peaceful express exercise of his rights and his freedom of expression. Um, now, you could argue here, you know, Mr. Lay is one of the lucky ones. He's a British citizen. He's high profile. David Cameron's got involved. I, I would say, what about the other 250 people who will also be facing these charges um, of undermining Chinese national security and, and tra being traitors? They're not going to be as lucky. They won't have this international representation. Uh, the Human Rights Watch group said the trial is a travesty and they're calling on concerned governments to press the authorities in China to drop the charges, which they say are damaging press, fee press freedom in Hong Kong. China have said, don't interfere in our foreign in our policies. Leave us alone. We're going to deal with this. This is a whole war on free speech in that country. They're determined to clamp down on that that kind of last bit of freedom in Hong Kong, amalgamate it back into the the Chinese kind of way of life, if you can call it that. But if you want to see what happens, what's going to happen in the West, take a look at China. You know, TNT. Could we be heading for this? in a few years time if if you know press rights and freedoms are clamped down on as they are in this country so this trial is one to watch and uh, this guy has been in solitary confinement he's lost a lot of weight in the last three years he looks quite frail um but he stood up for rights and freedoms and i think that's to be applauded from all of us here at tnt well you talk about you know uh christmas movies and ebenezer scrooge and being given a glimpse of your future and how things might turn out. And I think when we hear stories like that, I think we are getting a glimpse of our imminent future if we don't stand up and wake up and make some better decisions at the ballot box. And freedom, one of those things, if you've never had it, you'll never miss it. And for the, many of those in mainland China, they didn't really have it. So they really don't know what they're missing. Those in Hong Kong certainly do. They're, they're going to miss it a lot in the upcoming years. Certainly won't take 40 or 50 years. They're going to be uh, drawn back into the fold imminently. And with what's happening in other countries and uh, China wanting to uh, basically uh, control the South China Seas, not that they already don't. Um, yeah, it's going to be some interesting times, but certainly lessons to be learned by us by watching what's happening over there. Yeah, indeed. And it'd be interesting to see if, you know, Lord David Cameron, now the UK Foreign Secretary, you know, he's wading in and saying, you know, that let, let this guy express himself. He's got a right to free speech. You know, it'll be interesting to see whether those words carry any sway 
with 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 China with Beijing or whether they're just like look we're not interested in what you say we have no truck with the uh, Western culture we I mean they've said been very clear to Human Rights Watch we're dealing with this don't interfere it's our policy he's not you know we don't believe in free speech we don't want our <laughs> citizens having their own opinions um, and and Hong Kong is back in very firmly back in the fold it's no longer a Western country and you're going to have to deal with it. Yep, the honeymoon is over in Hong Kong, that's for sure, unfortunately. Uh, it'll be very interesting to find out how that uh, tracks. And, of course, Gemma Cooper will be keeping us abreast of all of that. And we do appreciate it, Gemma. Get well, and uh, we'll chat tomorrow here at TNT Radio. Coming up after the break, we're going to invite you to give us a call, and you can do that quite easily on 1-800-670-310 or from the UK, 033-0024-1026. Talk back time here at TNT Radio. Back after this. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. Approximately 650,000 Ukrainian men aged 18 to 60 have left Ukraine for Europe since the start of the war. It's a tough spot. If your country is being invaded, uh, that's one thing, and you're a, a male and a citizen. Um, but you know, if, the war, if it's a globalist war, I, I wouldn't want to participate <laughs> in these banker globalist wars, and most of them just uh, are. Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7. Your news talk giant, TNT. Hey, welcome back to the program. Your time to have your say, and you can do that here at TNT Radio, where you can still... In not many other places, you still have freedom of speech. We'll get to that in just a second. A couple of the comments in the online chat when it comes to smart devices. Uh, Mally Bites writes, he's uh, pretty ironic how that uh, you can call these stuff smart devices, but you've got to be pretty dumb to use them. True, true, that is true. I mean, if you like your privacy, you do have to be pretty dumb to use them. I don't do anything that's untoward or there's nothing that happens in this house uh, that I particularly care if they see I don't get up to no good. So uh, it doesn't really bother me, but certainly um, many would argue they've got no right to be in anybody's home. And if you've got one of these devices in it, I would almost guarantee that the uh, CIA in America, that ASIO here in Australia, you know, the MI5 or who knows in the UK, they probably do have some backdoor into these things, whether that's been allowed by the company or not, or whether they've just had a hacker or their own people push their way into the device, you can almost guarantee that is the case. And uh, Kevin writes, Dean, when our phones are turned off, it is, is it actually off, he's asking. 
Good question. I don't know. It could have some sort of capacitor, some sort of buffer, and certainly it could be putting out a, a ping signal to say where you are if it's not transmitting live video or audio. We don't know. And um, uh, But there are technical people who could measure that and tell you one way or another. That is for sure. We're going to get to the lines. We've got a couple of people there. We're going to get to Andrew first. Andrew, how are you going? Dean, I'm very well. And in fact, I, this is perfect timing. You're talking about privacy. I've just got a letter from Service New South Wales. Mr McGowan, unreasonable customer behaviour incident at Service New South Wales. Uh, I'll just read the appropriate. It has come to my attention that when visiting Port Macquarie Service Centre on the 3rd of October, you behaved in an unreasonable manner and were observed using your mobile phone to film interaction with New South Wales service staff without consent or authorisation from Service New South Wales. Please note that is an offence to use listening or optical surveillance devices in certain circumstances under Section 7 of the Surveillance Devices Act of 2007. Not in a public place, it's not. You have no right to privacy in a public place, do you, Dean? Well, mate, I would have thought, I mean, I've watched a lot of those American videos where people go and I think do that on purpose just to get a reaction and get them to call police to prove that they have uh, amendment rights, you know. Uh, I'm not sure which particular one. It might be, I, I don't remember. But First, certainly they do have... It's the first, first, first amendment, amendment activist in America. Well, certainly the free speech, and I think maybe the second one comes into it as well. But certainly, I don't know if that applies here in Australia. Maybe we, we don't have me, nearly as many rights as they do in other places, but I don't see why they would have a problem with you filming whatever they do. You're simply taking a record and making a record of that which happens because otherwise it becomes he said, she said, and then typically you don't do very well if you don't have any kind of video documented evidence. Exactly. Not only that. But you can FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, all the footage on their camera. It is a public place funded by the taxpayer, paid by tax dollars. And when you open, even private businesses, when you open up a space to interact business with the public, it becomes a private space, not a, uh, becomes a public space, not a public building, but a public Well, Andrew, space. Andrew, I, I think the best, you made a terrific point, and that point was that you're on multiple multiple surveillance cameras in there. They're filming you, yet they have a problem with you filming them. Therefore, they control the evidence should it ever become a he said, she said, and they won't share anything that supports your argument, but certainly will use anything that uh, supports theirs. Mate, we've only got a very, very brief period of time. Mate, now you were telling me you were thinking about running, was it for the Senate? Yes, in 2025 as an independent Senate candidate in the state of New South Wales. And, the and mate, quickly tell people why, yeah. Yeah, partly this government overreach and nonsense. Also, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse at the hands of the Catholic Church, and nothing is being done five years on from Scott Morrison's apology. We are being treated like garbage. We've got to get back to the government actually governing us and not domineering us. And that's what's happened since COVID, and it's got to stop. They are, rep they are elected to represent you and I, Dean, they're not there to represent a party and party politics. Well, Andrew, I, I know you. I've met you personally quite a few times. You're always advocate for people with disabilities, people that have been abused, and you do so very strongly. You're well known down in circles in Canberra and around the state. Mate, I applaud your work. And as we get closer to that, and of course we will talk before then, mate, uh, get on here, tell people what you're about because I'd love to raise awareness of what you're doing. But Andrew, as you know, time is fleeting. I've got to get Julie in uh, in about three, in, in right now because she's only got about three minutes. So I do appreciate Thanks, you calling in, Andrew. Julie from the Blue Mountains, how are you going? Oh, good, Dean. 
Um, I just wanted to uh, talk about, uh, you know, the um, our Prime Minister and that. But first of all, I just wanted to comment about freedom of speech that um, you were talking about before. The, it's good news and this information and this information bill <coughs> that they've been trying to put through has been delayed now. There's 26,000 submissions against it. And you can look up the fact sheet on it as well. It's just like um, like the misinformation, disinformation, if we talk about the water, the health, which will be, example, COVID, or if we talk about climate change, the environment, and um, <coughs> the elections, you know, electoral fraud, but they have, like, uh, the electoral council, but we not commission, but we know that they're actually talking about it. We're not allowed to talk about electoral fraud. And... Um, or economic finance, so it's it's frightening to think that this is what's happening, but there's a lot of pushback, and also with the surveillance ID system, the tracking and surveillance uh, system that they've got going, ready to go ahead, um, the, you probably know the Jamaican uh, Supreme Court actually declared it unconstitutional because it's... Um, uh, you know, an invasion of your privacy and it's used for surveillance. And if you go to the World Economic Forum uh, websites, but these are their policies. They're not ours. <clears throat> we, we haven't asked for any of these. They, they're discussing all this and the dangers about it. Like, you can just get all their pol our government's policies from the World Economic Forum. But what I wanted to talk about was the Prime Minister. I don't know. He's uh, being dubbed the worst Prime Minister in Australia. That would be pretty oh, hard, yes. wouldn't it, like, <laughs> no, he is. He definitely is. And by the way, Julia, you've got exactly two minutes to go. Oh, okay. And um, he didn't turn up. This is how bad. They're not fit for purpose. He didn't turn up for Parliament. They had to... I listened to the parliamentary um, sittings. He didn't turn up. They had to cancel a week's sitting. And um, people are wanting them. They're, they're asking for them to be sacked and asking for him to be sacked. And they're not complying with the uh, Senate and um, House of Representatives rules in Parliament as well. It's been exposed. A lot of the politicians are exposing this. And um, they've been tacking on with the water. They, they've stolen more water off the farmers and they've been tacking on um, amendments that they shouldn't have. You know, that's not the correct procedure. So what's yep. been happening has really been so um, bad that they're, they're really not fit for purpose. Uh, and um, the latest thing was we need to ask the Attorney-General at the refugee um, hearing, you know, with... Um, NZQY, why there were two, the United Nations Human Rights Commission was there and also why the um, Caldor Centre was there representing the United Nations in the court. And I, I'm just trying to find out, and pe other people are asking, what were they doing there? Because from that refugee case where they released those, um, those unlawful alien criminals, they're now abolishing our whole migration system that actually our laws that protected us and they were meant to close the doors and they're meant to protect our national identity and our jobs, our language. I mean, I've said that before. It protects us and they're meant to have a restricted immigration um, laws so that because we're such a small country and they're also abolishing the tribunal system to make it easy for these refugees to come in and they're creating the Pacific Union, which is um, the, we're the third block of the New World Order where China will rule us and you can hear Ken Rickitson just say that. And Kevin Rudd actually got a job from him with the Asian Institute. You can hear Kevin Rudd talking about decolonisation, how this Asian Institute, and we're part of it, and we're going to open up our borders and cooperate economically. But this is why uh, they've uh, opened up the borders to New Zealanders, offered them free citizenship and also um, a quick exit permanent re residency 
that's what the whole idea of the New Migration Act is, to come in, uh, you know, open borders. And they've all done, already done that with China, with the international uh, students, which is 687 mainly Chinese students come in and they're lifting the cap for Indians. Yeah, and, and Julie, that's what they're doing. They're not just keeping the back door opening, they're opening the side door and letting people come in through New Zealand and whatnot as well. But I have to go, but I always yeah. appreciate you ringing in and please do so again the next time we have a, a break. We're going to be coming back after this particular news headline with Dr David Richards here at TNT Radio. Welcome, welcome. Coming up, important news. TNT Radio News. And that's the truth. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. There was a security scare in the US Sunday night as a car crashed into Joe Biden's presidential motorcade. A wild sex tape scandal has rocked Capitol Hill with the explicit footage leaked online. Harrowing footage has emerged showing the moment a member of Ukraine's parliament blew up a council meeting. Elon Musk has taken another swipe at Disney and Israel has admitted killing three of its own hostages in Gaza. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. There are doctors and there are doctors. There are those who went through medical school, who learned all the medical texts, who learned it verbatim and could recall it, but couldn't quite get it when things went astray. They didn't quite have the intuition. They weren't able to read outside the box. My next guest, Dr. David Richards, is one who could. A champion, if you will, an absolute legend, somebody who saw through things that may have been rather questionable, somebody who can remember all the medical texts, but can also remember when good things were good, when hydroxychloroquine, when ivermectin used to be prescribable, then they changed it. And I'm just using that as an example, not one of his examples, just doctors in general who did wake up to things. Well, why was it okay then? And it's not okay now. People that ask questions, this doctor, Dr. David Richards, is the uh, not just an Australian general practitioner, but founder of Australians for Science, and I love this word, and we did get a bit of it lately, Freedom, and only because of people like Dr. David Richards, we're going to get him on to discuss right now the mRNA vaccine uh, from the point of a doctor who has graduated with an honours degree in human genetics and immunology. Yes, I'm impressed too. Dr. David Richards, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dean. What a wonderful introduction. I really appreciate it. You make me sound very, uh, very knowledgeable. Thank you very much indeed. No, mate, I feel that I must thank you because it was doctors like you who allowed people like me working in the media where we could quote credible sources and people that had alternate views, views which almost in always turned out to be right. And, you know, we're not here saying, I told you so, but thank God there were people that listened at the time and advocated for themselves and their family and made some terrific, intelligent decision based on that which you and people like you shared. Thank you. It's very kind, very kind. Well, you know, it's, it's what we're here for. For humanity to try to make sure that we we can um, you know be bastions of, of science and freedom, which is which is what our organisation stands for. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Now, 
Oh, I've got to ask now, again, if someone who has graduated, you've got an honours degree in human genetics and immunology, mate, mRNA vaccines are not just the one that, you know, we all experienced, the safe and effective one for, for COVID, but of course now they're advocating that uh, there's one that they're developing and it could be a, not a cure, but something that will uh, prolong your chances with cancer, uh, putting it at bay, they are suggesting for up to Three years. I don't know if you want to talk about that particular one, but certainly the one that we all, many of us were subjected to or threatened with is probably a better term. Um, mate, tell us a bit about what you've learned about that. Right. Well, well, look, the treatment for the, the cancer treatment RNA, I think, is a different kettle of fish to the COVID vaccine RNA back, uh, treatments. Um, uh, I, if I start, maybe if I start with the cancer one first. Um, the treatment for this this is a very exciting treatment it's a very clever technique that they use in they're using they're detecting um dna transcripts from the tumor itself from each individual tumor so your tumors could be different to my tumor could be different to the next tumor and so the company is actually is moderna the company and they're actually trying to identify the particular proteins the particular uh, uh gene expression for each of those tumors. And from that, they create in a personalized RNA uh, uh, vaccine, or, uh, as it were, or technology to try to combat that personalized tumor. Now that's incredibly clever stuff. It's very, very good. And and uh, and according to their pay, according to their press releases, um, their they success rate in treatment improves survival by 44%, which is very impressive. That's the good stuff. <laughs> now the second, now the not so good stuff is is that this is a press release. So the, the the problem we have is we don't have the actual. Oh, well, I can't find the actual statistical evidence to support their their claims. Uh, it's always an issue with the drug companies because they they're very clever at statistics and they can yeah. they can they they can make their treatments sound incredibly good. Um, so it's critical that in this situation you, you, we examine. The statistical methodology that was used to determine how effective this treatment was that that's the first thing and the second thing is is uh that comes up in this situation is is how this um this vaccine this this uh, rna is being produced now now that that's become critical over the last few months i suppose or six months i suppose because of the work of ken mcclennan over in in um in the United States, and what we what was discovered was is that um, that uh, Pfizer, in particular, changed the method that they used to produce the RNA vaccine. So, the initial um, uh, vaccine is produced using PCR technology, which is clean, fairly clean. Um, but they had a problem in scaling it up and creating massive amounts of this uh, RNA vaccine, and so. And so they used a different technique using E. coli. And this uh, this different technique was a lot dirtier, if you like, not as pure, not as clean as the original uh, data that they presented in their original trials. And many of the, the problems that have emerged from the uh, RNA vaccines for the treatment of COVID are, are a consequence of this this method that they used to produce it. So, so, um, so, there's, so there's pluses and minuses with these press releases in terms of uh, of Moderna's uh, promise. Uh, one is is the technology is amazing; it is very clever. The question is how well have they 
how well have they pinned it down, what methods they're using, and most of all, we, you know, what, what are the statistics telling us? Because unless we know uh, what the statistics are telling us, we've only got the company's word for uh, how well this is working, and that's 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 become a little bit um, less reliable in in recent years. It's very interesting what you say, um, and what you're interesting what do you say, and what you're telling uh, mRNA vaccine, if you will, uh, to target cancer. And what it's going to do is be customized. It's absolutely going to be customized to for each individual. Very so different to the individual. one fits all that they use on the world population over the last few years. Would it be fair to say that as a result of the last three years, there would be people who may even have cancer that might be turned off with this new uh, technology because of the uh, COVID one? Yeah, look, I, I think so. I think that, uh, you know, the way that the RNA vaccines were introduced, obviously, there was a lot of time pressure, they were rushed, um, and uh, they didn't get all the steps right, you know, some things didn't go quite so well. And that's disconcerting for, for patients, because patients want to know that the treatments are reliable and, and effective. Um, and uh, basically, um, you, you know, uh, uh, the, the, that kind of negative publicity can be very damaging to uh, confidence in terms of treatments. And so I think that, I don't think there's a, pr I mean, the, the problems that emerged uh, with the RNA vaccines are potentially fixable. Um, and the question is, is how much have they learned from that? How much have they learned from this experience? And uh, have they fixed those problems that we saw with the COVID vaccines? And and have we have we moved forward in these last three years so that we can use the technology in a, in a more effective manner? And this, this you know, the, Melanoma is a deadly disease, so so you know it'd be fantastic if this treatment were to be effective. But what the company needs to do now, they need to release um, the statistics so we so we can analyze the data carefully and make sure that um, the claims that they're making are, are stack up. You know that that's and that's a very reasonable thing. I mean, you know, we're not asking for the world here; we're asking for things that were pretty straightforward a few years ago. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it'd be no, terrific. To see some new technology that isn't rushed through, that uh, and that maybe after you know years and years of of clinical trials and data, um, we'll be able to you know establish if it is a good thing or not. I always hope it is. I always hope that they can cure cancer. Something I've always wanted to ask uh, a doctor uh, such as yourself is: Do you remember years ago? And I'm talking a couple of decades back. There was talk of a thing called a DNA magic bullet, something that would target all forms of everything from tooth decay to the common cold. It was uh, it was touted quite uh, quite widespread. It was, and I never heard about it subsequently. Yeah, well, problem problem with these things, Dean, is is off target effects, and uh, and the problem with DNA is it's it's very immunogenic, and it's uh, so in other words, it creates the it causes the immune system to react. In an inflammatory way, uh, if it gets into uh, into the wrong spaces, and the other thing is, it's thrombogenic. It tends to create blood clots, and um, and uh, it it's 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 very susceptible to mutation, to change, and so forth. Uh, to, to the, the the DNA itself can be corrupted, and so uh, so using this technology is really really tricky. And um, and of course, that, that's exactly what happened with uh, the RNA vaccine, the Pfizer RNA vaccine, is that uh, it did contain uh, elements of DNA, which um, which we don't we don't know what the consequence of that is. That is um, that is um, that's that's still uh, to be uh, determined, and that's that's why we need to know with this new vaccine that the new vaccine doesn't contain 
uh, 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 DNA because DNA, uh, as I say, can be immune to cells. Um, that, that, that's, um, so the technology is interesting, but the challenges of directing the DNA to exactly where it needs to be uh, is, 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 is still a long way off, I think, in, in terms of doing things effectively. So still early days. We we live in hope that, of course, you know, cancer will be a thing as we get older that we used to have to deal with, that we no longer um, have to. I, I pray that is the case. And I pray that, you know, uh, the technology or people's perspective on that te technology hasn't been tainted by um, the events of the last three years. I also appreciate, Dr. David Richards, your insight on, the, on this in particular. And I really do thank you for coming on the program this afternoon. Absolute pleasure, Dean. Absolute pleasure. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. And the same to you, Dr. David Richards, everybody. He is the founder of Australians for Science and Freedom, a GP as well, and a man with uh, an honours degree in human genetics and immunology. And our immense pleasure to have him on the program this afternoon. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Diana Dragomirovic. And all you got to do is hang around. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. In a shocking development that surprised no one, Hunter Biden failed to show up for his congressional deposition today. Moreover, California Representative Eric Swalliswell aided and abetted Hunter thumbing his nose at the Congress by working with Hunter's attorney so Hunter could avoid testifying. Will Hunter be held in contempt of Congress? Well, if so, so what? So was Eric Holder, nothing was done. But you see, when Democrats are in charge, they hold somebody in contempt of Congress. Well, their door gets busted down. They get taken out at 5 a.m. with CNN there to broadcast the whole proceedings. The way Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, and Alex Jones were treated. Will Hunter be treated the same way? <laughs> you funny man. Of course he won't. But if there's any justice in the world, Santa won't be bringing Hunter another laptop this Christmas. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, protecting, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you, the Nonprofit Alliance. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And of course, it is my pleasure again to talk to Diana Dragomirovic. I think I got your name right this time. I've been practicing. And you did. What a terrific, wonderful woman she is as well. CEO of the Australian Medical uh, Network, and that is Australia's fastest growing health network. And they do actually advocate for health, unlike many other aspects of our health. And I do say that in inverted commas. And you may indeed have a very different take, take to Dr. David Richards, who I just spoke to um, a bit about the new mRNA cancer um, vaccine. I mean, I my view on mRNA technology is somewhat tainted after the last three years. He was very hopeful for it. And I'd love to hear what your views are on it, Deanna. So this particular cancer vaccine is interesting because when I was reading through the literature and, and as a group we get together and, and, you know, pick apart studies and one of the things that came through was because it's a phase two study, 
It involved only 157 patients. So it's a very small sample yeah. size for this particular group. Um, we need to see a larger population size to get any really decent, you know, um, I guess celebratory markers out of it. Um, the other thing that I noted was that they, um, they're claiming that, you know, because of the success of the COVID-19 vaccinations, that this, this provided a leap in, in vaccination for cancers. But what we have to remember is cancers are heterogeneous. They are complex. They're complicated. And so, Dean, um, I think that even though companies want to create a cure for cancer, I think the real question or the real conversation we have to have here is not so much about this vaccine. It's more around the conversation of access, options and costs because... Yeah. This morning, I had a large meeting with health professionals and a cancer survivor, a, a gentleman called Yanni Wolf, and Yanni said I could use his name. And the reason why it's nice to put a name to something is because he actually survived cancer. And he was saying that in Australia, it is impossible to get um, a wide variety of cancer therapies. So if you go to an oncologist, you get you know, uh, chemo or radiation as your options, or if you go to a surgeon, it's surgery. So it's, it's. I think these, this is something that I'd like to talk to you about and, and to your listeners because there are other options. It's not just what, um, what you just spoke with your previous guest. Oh, I would absolutely love to hear about those options. Before we do, I mean, I couldn't help but notice, and I mean, I did read an article based on this new cancer vaccine, mRNA-based one, and they said based on the success of the mRNA COVID vaccine, but I mean, I couldn't really uh, say that with a straight face, having said that they started off being reported as a 99% effective, mm -hmm. and it ended up being barely effective at all. I mean, if, if I'm honest, and if the data that I've been, you know, uh, receiving over the years uh, has been correct, but I would love, absolutely love to hear about alternate um, terms. And can I ask a quick question? You would be sure. more aware of this than, than I would. You get these front page headlines from time to time, the most recent, probably four or five years ago. And I remember the Sunday papers, front page, Israel has a cure for cancer. And then you don't hear anything about it. What happens with these things? So this is, this is the problem, Dean, is that it's not a one size fits all. You've got, uh, and unfortunately, Australia, we, we're told that we have the gold standard. However, we are so, we're actually behind in cancer treatment. So we're behind places like Europe, US, uh, Turkey, like you said, even Israel and, and South America in, in some countries. And things like, um, there's already a, a drug that's out there that was produced in Hungary and this particular drug is called, um, if you just give me a moment, it's got, it's got a special name. It's, it's called Rivga, and it's, it's a particular virus type. Um, it's a vaccine, but it's been tested for a very long time. And Yanni, this patient that I was talking to you about earlier, he took it four times and it helped him. There are people who are leaving Australia to go to Europe and spending something like $800,000 for cancer treatments that wow. can be done here too. So things like, um, you know, phytodynamic therapy, which is easily accessed in Europe but not here. Um, 
the uh, nano knife, there's cryobulation. We don't have any of that here. There are different forms of immunology, ozone therapy, oxygen therapy, uh, hyperbaric therapy. Now, hyperbaric therapy is an interesting one because here in, in New South Wales at the Prince of Wales uh, Hospital, they've got hyperbaric chambers, which are, you know, like tanks. Yeah. And they just, they just you know, they, there's a burst of oxygen. But you've also got hyperbaric chambers that people can purchase in their homes or in, you know, in clinics, for example, where you can go and, and use them. But the problem yeah. is, is that, their pressure is very low, but the one at the Prince of Wales Hospital, they use double the pressure. So apparently the average pressure used in a clinic or at home is about four bars because that's allowed. But then in the hospital, it's up to 12 bars. And they're saying, and, and Yanni was telling me that, um, you know, a patient would come in after radiation or chemotherapy and, and they'd, they'd be, you know, they'd be so depleted and, and, you know, very unwell. But then once they've gone through that under the care of a nurse, they walk out quite, they're energised. Yeah, yeah. It's not alone. It's not alone. And there's a whole heap of these things. And it's also on the PBS, but none of the oncologists prescribe it. So this is our problem. And, Deanna, I've got to ask, of all the aforementioned alternate treatments, um, which of those have you found or have you heard is the most effective of those that you just mentioned? So you've got to use them together in combination, and it depends on the ca cancer. So, some, so for example, nano-knife is offered here, but only in very small trials, yeah. like situ situations. So people are doing all sorts of things. Like there's another one that I, I didn't mention, which is uh, B17 infusions and mistletoe therapy. Now, B17 is banned in Australia. However, yeah. it's available in, the, in, in, in Europe. Now, the TGA says it's toxic, but so is chemo. But, oh, if yes. it's, but if it's monitored in the right way, it's so beneficial. But this is what's happening in Europe. And I don't understand why why our doctors here who are brilliant do not go overseas to learn these things so that they can bring them back so this is this is concerning yeah i mean i i won't mention his name but one of australia's uh top leading brain surgeons um you know said to a friend of mine who's very 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 well off um you know when he when he had a brain uh, tumor um, if you make a donation to my particular foundation, I can do this tomorrow instead of I've got a seven-month waiting list. But whatever you do, don't get chemo. That's what he told him. So, and as you said, it is toxic, yet here they are telling you, was, was it B17? If you are to be infused with B17, um, you can't do it. They're, they're very funny here in Australia with what they advocate for and what they don't advocate for. Uh, is there any particular reason for that? We, I, we can't understand I really, I seriously can't understand why why we are not allowing these therapies through. Because um, when I talk to cancer survivors, you know, the ones that go overseas or the ones that have a lot of money that can actually invest in it, they're the ones, I guess, outliving their friends who are who are going through through chemo or radiation alone. And look, for some people, chemo and radiation works you know and and for a lot of people it works but it can't be alone there's got to be many things to to bring together and this is something to think about um chemo and radiation kill cancer cells but they also kill other cells yep. 
But then what about the therapists that can build the person back up? That's what's lacking. I, I love your perspective and the way that you think. I mean, and that's how we solve these problems. And I hope I'm not getting off topic with this, but I do remember when it comes to stem cells, and there's a terrific interview with Mel Gibson talking about his father, who was in his 90s, who had a bunch of dramas. And in America, they said, well, we can't help him, but I've got a friend down in, I don't know, South America or wherever it was, who does some stuff with stem cells. And Mel Gibson told a few anecdotes about his dad, how quickly he recovered. And he said, by the way, that was 10 years ago. He's now 100 and something, and I had lunch with him last week. And again, a technology that is often, you know, uh, scoffed at here in Australia. They certainly don't like it in America. But I, I think or I, I hear and I feel has such tremendous promise. It does. Stem cells is another very interesting one. There is only a few specialists in Australia that actually have the government to be able to use it. I know of one particular doctor in, in um, Perth and I know of another doctor in Perth that um, got into some trouble about using using it in her clinic. So it's, it's a shame because it, it has shown to, to help. You're right. Is it true whilst you uh, it's very specialised and very restricted in relation to its use with humans. In animals, vets are using it um, on a much wider scale. I have heard that. Is that true? I haven't really looked into animals, but that's something I, I think will be very interesting to to find out. I'll I'll, I've made a, I'll make a note and I'll find out, Dean. So next time I'll bring it, well, I can let you know. Oh, the reason I asked it, I used to work at a commercial radio network and, you know, you hear the ads during the break and there was a vet, I think, up in Newcastle who was uh, saying that they could cure a particular uh, thing common in animals but also common in humans uh, and that they were using stem cells. And I, it was an ad on the radio. So I figured that must be the case. And I thought if you can, if that works effectively on an animal, why would it not work with humans? And then I remember the bureaucracy and the BS that, uh, you know, that we have to contend with. So uh, at the end of the day, when it comes to this mRNA-based COVID, uh, sorry, um, uh, cancer, potential cure is that something that we should be uh looking towards hopefully or um or, or are you uh, a bit hesitant with that one i'd like to see proven technologies that already exist that have already been that have helped people in in other parts of the world that actually tested that have efficacy i'd like to see those come into australia and see if they work before we start throwing lots of money at something that's still, a, I guess, a, a novel technology. Well, I'll tell you what, God forbid, you know, myself or you or anybody listening or watching should ever, you know, get cancer. But, I mean, if they were, somebody like you is exactly who I'd want to be talking to rather than going down to uh, and getting the usual drivel that I would come to expect and, you know, you've been told to go on chemo and whatnot because typically I've, I've seen people that are on chemo and 10 years later their cancer tends to uh, uh, reoccur in them and not necessarily the same cancer. I'm not saying that is uh, uh, a causality. I'm not saying that, but I am. I do notice trends. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, it's, it's very personalised problem cancer. So you can't have, you know, one size fits all. And vaccines is often a one size fits all. Same with, you know, chemo, even though they can, you know, um, you know, settle the, the dosages in different ways. Look, there are different dosages in chemo that, that some people have said that has actually been helpful to them. It's, it's, it's something that patients need to know the full story so they can make a proper judgment. 
This is the problem. Patients are not at the centre of this model and they don't have options. And this is something that I think governments need to think really hard and it, it, it's, it's frustrating when you see them working with traditional legacy organisations like the AMA or, you know, the... the um, um, Deanna, I hate to interrupt, but we've literally got about 15 seconds. Okay. So all I have to say is, A, we'll talk again very soon. B, if you want some common sense, everybody get onto the Australian Medical Network. Talk to people like Deanna Dragomirovic. She is absolutely wonderful, as is Katie Hopkins, coming up next here on TNT Radio. I'll catch you tomorrow.